0: numbers we live by numbers
1: we track and count and measure everything and sometimes we think the only numbers that really matter are the big ones but it's the single digits that make the difference the bible says that heaven rejoices with the number one yeah heaven rejoices each time even one person comes to know jesus we pastors dream about big numbers and we should but a daily focus on one meaningful interaction for christ that's the true difference maker one friend, one family member, one co-worker, one person at a time. We want to see God move in our nation like we have never seen before, but it all starts with one. I've got my one, and now I'm challenging you and your church to join us and to find yours. Because ultimately, the only number that really matters is one. Who's your one? It got really dark in here, didn't it? But the truth is, you and I live in a very, very dark world, and uh, just one light, just one light, can make all the difference in the world. So, I want you to get your cell phones out. Okay, get your phones out right now in church. And I want you to turn your flashlight on. Can you do that? Go ahead and turn your flashlight on. Everybody, get it out. See, one light can make a difference. But just look around the room as they as they start coming on. Everybody, hold them up high. Can you imagine dozens of lights in your neighborhood, hundreds of lights in this city, thousands and millions of lights in our state and country? They really do make a difference. Keep the lights up.
0: Is the light. I'm going to let it shine. Let it
1: shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Now give the Lord a hand for being light in your life and in this world. You can be seated. If you have your Bible, open it with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. It's in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, you are the, what, light of the world. Now listen to that. You are, in verse 14 of chapter 5, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. He's saying that as a follower of his, you are to be like this, this, this city that's on an elevated plateau on a hill so that as people approach, they can't miss it. I mean, there it is. It stands out. There's no missing it. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does anyone light a a light or a lamp and put it under a basket. You don't hide it where it can't brighten the room. He said, instead, you put it on a lamp stand. You put it on an elevated place within the house, and it gives light. All who are in the house, you don't hide who you are. You don't don't put your life, your light, your witness for Jesus under a basket and deny him, be ashamed of him, act like you don't know him, like he hasn't done anything for you, like he hasn't changed your life in any way. You put it out there and you let it shine for everybody who's in your house, in your sphere of influence, in your realm, if you will. Put your life out there for everybody to see, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says, so, in the same way, in the same way, let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, brothers and sisters, listen to me. When they see your good works, they will never give glory to God unless they know Jesus is the reason for your life. That's the reason when when you hide who you are, you deny who you are, you never talk about who you are, you never publicly own or claim who you are as a follower of Christ, they don't know to give any glory to God because of how you live, because they don't know God has anything to do with your life. You can't put the light. Of Jesus, who you are, who He is in you, under a basket, and to hide it, you got to put it up on the lampstand and let it light the whole house. Everybody, everybody who knows you needs to know who you belong to. In fact, on the cross back here, and with all the games and activities and fun the kids will have this week at Vacation Bible School, right in the center of the backdrop is a cross. And immediately in front of that is the one that we had up here a few weeks ago when you brought your one, the persons you're concerned about, you're praying for, that you want God to use you to influence for Christ and their names are nailed to that cross. That will never happen, never happen if they don't know you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And if in your relationship with them you're not loving them and serving them and doing good things that will cause them to give honor and glory to God. Now, when we read that, passage in Matthew 5, 14. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does anyone light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on the lampstand it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way they see your good works and give and glory to your Father in heaven. When we read that, all of us all of us have a sense of what that means. We we get it. We understand the essence of what it's saying. Live in, live in such a way. Be the kind of person that points people toward Jesus Christ. And yet, brothers and sisters, the Bible, the New Testament especially has a whole lot more to say about light and darkness. And to fully appreciate and grasp what Jesus is saying in that part of the Sermon on the Mount and the in the Beatitudes, you have to you have to understand a in, in a fuller sense what the scripture teaches about this subject of light and darkness. So I want us real quickly to run through some verses and they'll they'll be on the screen. You can jot them down because they're not in and secret, so you'd be jumping back and forth quite a bit in your Bible. So to save some time and be able to look at more verses, I've just put them all on the screen for you. The first one is found in 1 John 1, 5. The basic premise for all of this is that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And, and in the New Testament, quite often uh, in Scripture, light is, 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 an analo- is, is an analogy for purity, for holiness, for truth, for goodness, whereas darkness uh, is an analogy... For for evil, for sin, for for what is wrong. Uh, I mean, God created day and night. So nighttime, blackness, darkness is not evil in and of itself, but in in this context, it's used as an analogy to say one is bright, the other is not. One is good, one the other is not. One is is pure, the other is not. And so in God there is light, there is purity, there is holiness. There's no darkness, there's no sin, there's no there's no wrong. And Jesus also made that claim about himself in John chapter 8, verse 12, when he said that he was the light of the world. And and he said a lot about the fact that he was the light of the world and how people respond to that. Some people like it. Others don't. Some people, when that light comes toward them, they say, wow, now I get it and and, and I want that in my life. And others, they they, they, they don't want their sin exposed. They don't want to change anything. So they, they hide from it. They run from it. They deny it. They reject it. But he says he's the light of the world, and and Jesus, in some ways, I guess you could say, forces every human being to make a decision, by the very essence of who he is. And then the the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six verse twelve, here's here's the truth about this world in which we live. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you let, listen, let, let me sound a word of caution. Don't allow yourself to be angry with the lost people in this world. You you, you can reject sin, but you got to understand when lost people act like lost people, they're simply acting like who they are. The very people for whom Jesus died, the very people Jesus loves. He said, the truth is our battle is not against them. And too often I think in our contemporary culture, that's what we make it, we make it us against them and that's not what God does. He said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, he says there's this other dimension, this spiritual realm. And and there is evil satanic forces there. And that's what's behind all this stuff. And in in essence, that's who our battle is with. Because the problem is if you and I as followers of Christ, the one who have the light, we're supposed to let it shine. If we see all those people out there as our enemy, we'll never do loving deeds toward them. Because we'll end up hating them and rejecting them and pushing them away. It's, It's almost impossible to love someone for whom you have those kind of thoughts. You have to understand this battle is with spiritual forces of, of wickedness, and so when the Bible talks about light and darkness, that darkness out there it comes from a spiritual realm, a spiritual place, and what they need, even if they don't know it, is the light of Jesus Christ. And we let that light shine. How, how did Jesus say in Matthew five? How did He say we let that light shine through our good works, our good deeds, our our loving actions? Toward them. The real real enemy is Satan. The real enemy is hell. The real enemy is sin. Not the people of the world. Colossians 1.13, here's what Jesus, what what God says happened to you and me who are followers of his. He says, he rescued us from the domain of darkness. Now, some of you, that, that verse does not have great impact on you. Because you became a follower of Jesus at a very young age. And for you, the idea that you were really separated from God and part of the domain of darkness, of, of that spiritual reality, doesn't feel real to you because you've been in church your whole life. You've known Jesus since you were six, seven, eight years old. But the truth is, God says you were part of that other kingdom. You you are part of that domain. Now, some some in the room who became followers of Jesus later in life really understand that. You, you in your own experience, know the difference between now and before, don't you? You you know that you used to be part of a different kingdom, part of a different domain, part of darkness, if you will. But what the Scripture says is that each and every one of us who know Jesus Christ, that's that's where we were, and He rescued us. And He transferred us. He 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 moved us into the kingdom of Jesus. You You weren't originally born into the kingdom of Jesus. You had to be born again into the kingdom of Jesus. You had to be rescued from where you started and moved over into His kingdom. That's true for every person in this room who has Jesus in your life. But we started out in the kingdom of darkness, if you will. And then Ephesians chapter five. Uh, Verse 8, he says, for you formerly, you you were formerly, okay, there it is again. We used to be in that darkness, in 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 that kingdom, but now we're the light of the world. And because, listen, here's the essence of it then. Because we're no longer where we used to be, but we're in this place. Whether we started, whether we ended up in in Jesus' kingdom when we were 5 years old, 8 years old, 15 years old, 28 years old, 48 years old, or 78 years old, we're in his kingdom now. We're in the kingdom of light now. And he says, because of that. Because it, because you're here now, because you're in light, live like it. Don't, don't live like people who are over here in the kingdom of darkness. Because when you live like the people in the kingdom of darkness, you don't do anything that brings glory and honor to God. The only way to bring glory and honor to God is to live like somebody who's in the kingdom of light. Your, your value system, the way you treat people, the way you talk to people and about people. Be light, walk in the light, walk in purity, walk in kindness, walk in honesty, walk in generosity, walk in godliness and Christ-likeness, walk in the light. Live like who you are, be be, be different. And then one more verse in John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking and he, he says he's the light of the world. And the one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but, but has or will have the light, the light of life. Live in such a way that when people see you, they see that light. It's, it's more than a slogan. It's more than a than a than a catchphrase, if you will. Um, Charles Higwood grew up in our church. Some of you know him, know his family, and he um, he's a student at Southeastern Baptist Seminary up here in North Carolina feeling called to go back to Taiwan. He spent a few years in Taiwan teaching English and helping with a church plan and met his wife, Carrie Ann, there. Now they're stateside finishing his seminary degree and feels called to go back as a missionary to Taiwan. And we're in the process of uh, this fall going to ordain him to the ministry. And so he's met with our deacons, with our with our, our pastors, and there's been interviews and questions. But he was sharing with us that during his time in Taiwan when his his Taiwanese co-workers discovered that he had a girlfriend, they were really surprised that he wasn't uh, sleeping with her because in their culture, practically everybody does, one-night stands are very, very common. And then when they became engaged, his workers, his people who knew him were shocked that they weren't living together because it's just part of their culture. But, But that difference, so that difference gave him an opportunity to talk about Christ. The light of the world. You you cannot effectively talk about Jesus if you're like the darkness. You have you have to you have to reflect the light of Christ to to effectively talk about Jesus Christ. And they they need us to reflect that light. John 11 verse 10. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And then when God called the man we know as the Apostle Paul in the New Testament to, to be a follower of Jesus but to be a, a missionary and a church planter and an evangelist in Acts 26 uh, and describing his own commission from, from the Lord. He said, here's what he told me to do, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me, faith in Jesus. So in doing that, notice he's describing the reality of those who are in darkness. Spiritually blind, living in darkness, under the dominion, or as the previous verse said, the domain of, of Satan, and he said the reason we live as light and reflect light and share the gospel and share Jesus and love people and serve people and care for people is because they need their eyes opened. They need to be transferred from the domain of darkness, the domain of Satan, to the domain of Christ, the domain, the dominion of, of light. And when Jesus says, let your light shine before men, he's saying the very commission he gave the Apostle Paul is the very commission he's given to each and every one of us who are His followers. We are, to, we are to be helping people experience that because people need that and we're to help them experience that. There was a, a pastor who was having a, uh, a conversation with a, a Navy diver, one who would go really deep, deep, deep and uh, places where it was so dark you could not see your hand in front of your face. And this diver talked about how Sometimes you can get into situations and, and it's easy to become disoriented, become confused and really not even know which way is up. And and it can be kind of terrifying. And if and if you're not careful, panic can set in. And I, I can get that. I can understand that, can't you? I mean, can you imagine being down in the water so deep and you can't see you you can't see your hand here and and, and, and you lose your sense of direction? Which way's up? That could happen with someone who's flying an airplane too. They can lose all sense of, of of what's up and what's down. And so this pastor asked this Navy diver, he said, Well what do you do what do you do when that happens? And the and the diver says, I feel the bubbles. The pastor said, Feel the bubbles. And and the Navy diver said, Yes, he said, I just you just reach your hand up. No matter how black it is, no matter how dark it is, you have no idea which way's up and then you just reach your hands up and you feel the bubbles. Because the bubbles are always making their way up toward the surface and you just go in the direction of the bubbles and, and you come to the surface into the light and you're rescued. And in a very real way, you, you and I, when we live in the light, we reflect the light, we show love and kindness, we show the gospel, we share the gospel, in a very real way, we're being bubbles to people who are disoriented, people who don't know up from down, right from wrong. in, In a very real sense, we're bubbles that can help them know the way out to safety, to the light, to the gospel, to Christ. But we're not bubbles. We're not bubbles when we don't reflect the light of Jesus. And so my question is, you're one whose name is nailed to that cross what kind what what are you reflecting to them? Are you reflecting the light of Jesus to them? If if they're down there struggling with what direction do I go, they're disoriented, they're confused. Are are you bubbles that can get them to safety? That's our job, that's our commission. That's what Jesus meant when he said, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So be an example of a life that has been changed by Jesus. Ephesians 5.11, look at this verse. He said, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. It's okay to be different. What was the song we sang just before I, I started the message? I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Are you? Are you as a follower of Christ who he says you are? Are you living that way? Or does your life indicate you're somebody different? They need us to be an example, to be light. So don't participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. It is, uh, brothers and sisters, it is okay. It is okay. In fact, it is good to be different. In our contemporary culture with Twitter and everything else, one of the ways to be different is to stop insulting people. That would be really different, wouldn't it? Stop being mad and angry all the time. That would be really different. Stop getting offended so easily. getting your feelings hurt so easily. That'd be different. Instead of attacking people on Facebook, say something nice about somebody. That'd be different. If I started meddling enough, I cannot tell you too strongly how much that damages the witness of so many people who go to church and are followers of Christ when on social media they act like mean people who hate everybody. There's nothing loving about that. There's nothing God-honoring about that. There's nothing that points people to Jesus about that. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Our battle is with the evil one, not with the lost people in this world. They need our love. They need our witness. They need our light. They need our difference, not our anger. Romans 13, 12. Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness, There's being different again, and put on the armor of light. See, it's not just what we don't do, it's what we do. It's not what we take off, it's also what we put on. So that's why I'm saying, what, what, what does the New Testament say? Love and tenderness and kindness, right? How how are you serving your one? What are you doing to say to that one you care? What are you doing besides words that says to to that one that's on your heart that you are different and that you love them and you care about them and Jesus loves them even more? Put on the armor of light. So... What what does uh, Matthew 5 say as I get ready to kind of pull this together? You are the light of the world, right? You're like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You're out there, okay? You're out there in the world. Neither does anyone light a lamp put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your let your light shine in such a way they can see your good works. Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Six years ago, six years ago, three tugboats were pulling a Chevron oil tanker just off the coast of uh, Nigeria when one of those uh, tankers got caught in choppy waters and flipped, turned upside down and sank quickly, came to rest upside down at a depth of about 100 feet. Eleven crewmen died. However, there there was one, this man Harrison, who was able to find in one small room an air pocket about four feet, about a four-foot air pocket. And very quickly, he built a frame out of stuff around there, and he took two mattresses from beds, placed them on top of that frame, and he sat on it in that air pocket. And somehow, that air pocket managed to stay there. But it was pitch black. He couldn't see anything. He could hear fish and then what he thought were bear. Barracuda, a flight, swimming around. And he was scared, and he started praying, but he was was just trapped there in the darkness. All he could do was feel his way around. And uh, about uh, two and a half days later, he heard someone banging on the hull of the ship. It was some divers, some rescuers, searching for dead bodies. They didn't think anybody had survived. And so he started beating on the ship, wasn't sure they heard him because they were a pretty good distance away on the other end of the ship. And, but in time he saw in, in the blackness, in, in, in the water bottle, he, he saw light. And he started banging and reaching his hand and he, and, and, and he heard the noise of them moving around. He saw the light and uh, one, of them, one of the rescuers reached up thinking they had found a dead body and when he moved, scared the rescuer to death. But he he survived almost three days down there. Amazing story. What if the rescuers had never found him? What if nobody finds your one? What if? Nobody ever shines the light of Jesus in the life of your one.
0: Hmm?
1: The one, the ones in your life, they need you banging out on the hull of that ship. They, they need you swimming with the light, looking around. They need you reaching up, trying to find them. They need you doing everything you can to rescue them from the darkness in which they now exist. They need you to be the light that Jesus said you are. Are you being that light? Will you be that light? What will you do this coming week to be light to the ones in your life? Let alone the world.
0: Just the ones in your life.